You are listening to Paolo DeMarco Podcast with Alan Campbell. Welcome to the Paolo DeMarco Podcast. Today, we are interviewing James Kong, the 79th descendant of Confucius. Welcome. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So the first question I would like to ask is, tell us a story behind your dark green jade pendant carved with Confucius. Yeah, um, no, I love, I love that pendant. It was given to me by a relative um, many, many years ago uh, while I was in my hometown in China, Chufu. And um, that's where Confucius is from. And so, yeah, as you said, he's got Confucius carved into it. It's uh, a dark green pendant. Um, and uh, it's, it's beautiful. But also to me, it, it reminds me, I wear it every day um, to remind me of my responsibility to the family and, and to remind myself of who I am. Um, and it's, it's a literal weight around my neck, but uh, one that I carry very, very happily and very proudly um, every single day. Um, and the fact it was given to me by a relative um, is even more, what makes it even more special to me. You've studied the Analects, is a collection of sayings and good ideas attributed to Confucius. How has this guided you as a person, and what have you learned from them? Yeah, the Analects, um, I recommend anyone to, to, to have a study of them and, and read them. Um, they've definitely guided me and affected my life um, in, in a very positive way. I think the way to think of the Analects is not as something, as, as you said, as a guide, um, something you should read and reflect upon yourself on. It's not something that tells you how, it, it is a, a way that helps you figure out how to behave. There are certain Analects, you know, they talk about benevolence and, um, you know, how to be a gentleman. Um, but it's also important that you think for yourself when you read them and you come to your own conclusions. Confucius was someone who wanted you to constantly learn. He loved the idea of constantly learning and that everyone should have the right to learn. And so he actually got very angry one day because a disciple did not disagree with him and just agreed with him and didn't ask him any questions or didn't debate with him because Confucius wanted someone to give feedback, to to help him uh you know, develop his ideas rather than just listen and absorb because to him that wasn't completely uh, beneficial. It wasn't, it wasn't how you, pro- you properly learned. So I think what he would like us all to do when we study the Analects is to debate with ourselves what that means to us, whether we agree with it, whether we disagree with it, how that applies to us, um, and really come to our own conclusions. It's it's like he gave us three pieces of a, you know three pieces of a puzzle, and we have to put the fourth in ourselves. And and that's that's how I see it. And so it's definitely helped me clarify what I believe in, what I believe I am, who I believe I am. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully every single time I read I read the Analects uh, now and then to to just refresh myself. 
and see if uh, any of my point of views have changed as I as I develop as a person and as I grow older. You've said that in some parts of Confucius needs to be updated in their opinion on women. For example, one of the sages' sayings recorded in the Analects holds that women and despicable people are hard to get along with. What would you change it to in your own words? For me, it's, it's something that is definitely outdated. I mean, to, to clarify for anyone who doesn't know a huge amount of Confucius, you know, he lived 500, around 500 BC. Um, so his, his ideas on women will be outdated. There's no doubt about that. Um, that is one of the amazing things about Confucius, just, just to clarify, his ideas even from then can still apply to today in many things, um, including governance. Um, and that's what makes it quite, quite an interesting philosophy. But definitely with women, how could I, what would I change it to? Um, you know, it's, to me, feminism is, is an important topic um, that has a bit of stigma now because of the different types of feminism that, that are out there. But to me, feminism is very clear, which is understanding the difference between gender and sex and understanding what is the biological differences between male and female and the ones that have been taught to us by society. Um, you know, the, the perceptions that just, they shouldn't exist. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mother, for example. Um, there's nothing wrong with working very hard. There's nothing wrong with being a disagreeable woman. There's nothing wrong with being an agreeable woman because we're all people. And I think it's important that we stop judging people based off of their sex, whether they're male or female. Um, and, you know, let them be who they are all the time. Of course, you know, if, if a woman is going to have a family and is going to give birth, we know those are the biological differences and we, ha- we should take that into account. But otherwise, we're, we, need to, we need to modernize our views on how we, how we treat women equally. Um, it's something that is evolving. And we, you know, for example, it's not been too long since we've all worked in the workplace together or gone to school together even, um, maybe even 100 years or so. Um, in some places that, you know, men and women are still separated in, in workplaces and at school. So it's, it's, a, it's ever evolving situation, feminism. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll learn to, to all work together and recognize people as people. Can you tell us what it was like growing up and elaborate on the story when your Latin teacher said you were the Chinese Jesus? Yeah, yeah. This is um, this is a very funny one. Um, I I doubt anyone at my school, including the teacher, probably remembers this. And yet, to me, it, it was just such a strange thing to come back. So I was sick for um a day or two. I'm not too sure. Uh, and I came back into school, and it was in my Latin class. And and so the person sitting next to me was like, "Oh, apparently you're the Chinese Jesus." Um. And I can't remember the teacher's name. I was like, you know, sir told us you're the Chinese Jesus while you're away. So we shouldn't get too angry with you missing class or something. Um, and it just came such to such like such a shock to me because obviously, you know, I'm not Chinese Jesus. So 
I'm not Jesus in in at all. Even if I'm you know half Chinese, half English, I'm not the English Jesus either. Um, but um, yeah, it was just it was such a strange thing. I was probably 13 years old. I was I had just moved schools. It was not my <laughs> what I wanted my sort of first impression to of students to be of me. Um, so it was it was a bit it was a bit strange. Um, growing up, I. I had I'd missed school school events uh, school days to go to Confucian uh, ceremonies and um, take part in them and see my family in China. So it was it did affect my life quite a lot. I think even on my sixteenth birthday, shortly after, I was on a plane uh, coming over to China, um, which at the time I felt very sort of frustrated about. You know, I wanted to spend time with my friends, but Looking back on it, I I know I was privileged to be able to do that and to see my family is is an amazing, amazing thing and what a great family to have. Um, but it was strange. It was very strange growing up with with. There's not many people who understand uh, that I went to school with who understand um, what I did or why I did it um, because it it's not something that that is taught over here in the West and, and people don't know hugely about the Confucius family. You know, when, when people don't know who Confucius is, the thing that I go to, 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 to have something that they connect to is fortune cookies, which isn't even a Chinese thing. That's a Western invention. Uh, you know, Confucius say blah, blah, blah on the fortune cookie. And, you know, chances are what was on the fortune cookie, he never said. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a funny one. Uh, I'm I'm glad that most of my friends, and in the end, after a while, you know, no one saw me as just the Chinese kid or the Confucius guy or Chinese Jesus, and and I'm glad they didn't because I definitely am not <laughs> not anything close to that level. So sorry to disappoint, sir, but um, I am not the Chinese Jesus. <laughs> what is the process you take when you start to feel mad? Or when other people start reacting hostile against you. For instance, when you were playing football and someone pushed you and then you retaliated by putting your arm out to shake hands. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is a, again, this is a good question. I, I always try and remain logical rather than emotional, uh, which can sometimes be quite hard to do. Um, now, football that happened in a football match and um i i just you know it's a sun it was a sunday morning football match there was no need for him to get to get so aggressive uh you know no one needs to get hurt here um it just didn't make any sense really <laughs> um it's something where i want to be competitive i like to be competitive there there are times to get you know somewhat angry especially if you've if there've been you know injustices um you know, I, I've I've occasionally got a bit frustrated at a referee, for example, who has disallowed a goal where he says I've been offside, or I haven't been, or that I've handballed it when I haven't, and and things like that. And that can build frustration. Um, but it's important to remind yourself it's just a game to to try and calm yourself down and be logical at all times. Um, so I mean, the process to me is just to always try and think of the bigger picture. Um, you know, understand why you're getting frustrated and how you can solve solve the problem. There's 
there's no your frustrations and your anger doesn't really solve anything it's best to try and take a step back take a look at the at the at the the problems facing you and find a solution um and it's very rare that the solution is to get angry i agree because i think that when you really when people really have true power about their own life they have control of their own emotions so if someone is acting negative towards them or if they're being aggressive if they're being violent get out of the situation but when people are just being negative towards you if you just become composed and really think about the confrontation logically you're always going to win you know it's so important to remember you you use the word composure to, to keep composure is very important um and it's something that that you know us as humans need to need to learn is is how to develop that um maybe more so maybe maybe we most of us have i think this is a great great thing about a societal structure um is it helps teach people how to behave and how how to have composure in front of other people in front of difficult situations um but yeah i 100% agree one of the tricks that i use is just focus on my breathing and then i just tap my fingers so i feel like i'm in the present that's interesting that's very good i'll maybe i'll try that next time <laughs> hopefully yeah. i won't get angry anytime soon but maybe i'll get that again <laughs> next time i'll have a i'll have a deep breath and tap my fingers yeah um no that's very interesting thank you um for sharing what projects are you working on now um so it's been a bit difficult with covid um i am currently uh starting to uh starting my master actually i'm finishing my masters in um football coaching and sporting direction um and i am planning to get my coaching badges uh so my in football you have to get licenses um and you can, in england you can get up to level 5 uh which can take up to 8 years i believe um so i'm i'm starting that process which is <laughs> quite a long process but one i'm very much looking forward to um i love football i think it's an amazing what, what game what level are you on now so i i've just I'm just finishing my master's and then I'll start level one um, because because of COVID, I wasn't able to start a few years back. So when, when COVID first hit was when I was planning to take my level one and it's been now over a year and uh, they had suspended the, the badge being able to take the, the course. So um, hopefully that will become unsuspended soon um, and I'll be able to, to start my, my getting my licenses and hopefully, um, working for for a good club and and hopefully teaching some some football players my my ideas on on football and and helping their careers are you trying to get up to level five i would definitely love to get up to level five uh you know i i'm an ambitious person um i i understand the the difficulties i i my career ended at a young age due to my back being getting injured um so i've not played professionally um but you know, I, I understand there are difficulties that face me, but I also know that I have, a, in my opinion, a unique uh, way of looking at the game. And um, I believe that, you know, if I do get level five, I'll be able to, to coach at a, a top club somewhere in the world and, and, and be of use and be successful. Um, you know, for me, one of the reasons I love coaching is because I, I want to get the most out of uh, players. I want to help players' careers. You know, there's no point in coaching for yourself. You want to coach 
because you want to you want to win one and two you want to help people um that's you win by helping your players that's it of course you can't always help all of them but being a good coach means getting the most out of your players 100 percent. how did you injure so, your back um i slipped a disc um which ran down my left leg and i basically lost the use of my left leg uh my muscles in my left leg stopped activating it, it was pretty pretty bad uh, i couldn't really walk or sit up for like two months uh, the first time I did it, I was 13. It took two years to get better um, through a lot of physio. Um, luckily, I was young, so I could. Um, and then when it went again, when I was 17, that was it. And there was just no way I could come back from that one. Um, it, was, it was pretty devastating at the time. I think, you know, I, I try and uh, always keep a positive outlook. And, uh, you know, I... I, I it was a strange one because I knew as soon as it happened, I just knew my, my career was over. Um, but, uh, you know, you just got to say, you know, stiff up a lip and just, just get on with it. Um, and so did that's what I did. You, did you slip your day. disc in a, in a football match? No, no, it was, it was, um, it was just outside. Um, I was with some friends and one of them jumped on my back. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it just went straight away and I went home um, and I just couldn't move. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, if anyone who's had a slip disc knows the agony that you're in, uh, you just, you want to scream until you pass out. And then, um, did, did you take anything for it? <laughs> I didn't. So I, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm a bit mental. Uh, well, I was a bit mental because I thought if I took painkillers then I wouldn't know my limits. So therefore, the pain was a way of telling me what not to do. Um, so I just didn't take any painkillers uh, until I saw my physio like one or two days after it, it happened. And he, 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 the guy who treats me is an amazing guy. He, he's, he's bringing this new physio out. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, I, I, I say he saved my life because I honestly, I couldn't, I was walking with a limp um, for, two to three years until I saw him and he sorted me out. And um, then when I got better and I started my football up and, and thought I was going to go pro again and then for it to go again and he still sorted me out. Um, I never fully recovered from it until I think just a few years ago. Uh, so I'm 27 now and I think I was around 25 when um, I, I fully recovered from it. Um, but my body it's been so imbalanced for so long it's not easy to to get back to <laughs> the same levels as you were um mm. but yeah no i mean it's okay you just it happens to so many people and you just you just got to get on with it life life throws things at you and um make the best of it you never know what's going to happen or if what is the reason for that um so i was planning to you know go pro and instead I went to China I went to Beijing for a year I met some amazing people at uh, the university I was at um, and that led me to uh, going to Italy for a year after that and you know my life would not have been the same if I hadn't injured my back and that's that's the truth of the matter um, so I've had some amazing amazing experiences due to the pain that my back caused me mm. and uh you know that's that's great. You never know why things happen or 
if there's a reason behind it, sometimes maybe there's not, but um, you won't you won't know. So there's no point in getting upset or frustrated about it. Just be patient and work hard for the next opportunity. Yeah, I think that a lot of people really focus on the what could have been, and they don't yeah. live in the present. I I really love photography and videography, and the main reason is so I can really be in the present and capture the moment. Because if I'm thinking right. about things that are happening either two weeks in advance or what happened yesterday or a year prior, I'm yeah. not there. And so yeah. then then my creativity just lacks. And so yeah. I really love working with different shades and, and colors and and movement as well. So yeah, if I, if I'm not there then it just won't be up to par to my standard. And then I won't even use it. I'll just think, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you know, that's a beautiful way of viewing photography as well, is living in the present, because you're taking a photo of something that's so present to you. And then when you put it out, it's it's not the present anymore. Obviously, it's the past, but it's a part, it's a something where you really experienced it. And that's mm. that's beautiful. That's a beautiful way to see photography. I love I love photography myself. I'm just no good at it. So, oh, that's um, okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe I could give you some pointers. Yeah, yeah. Please give me a masterclass. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. No, it's. I would love to see some of your photos. It's, it sounds it sounds like an amazing way to view photography. And you're right. Living in the present always is is a good way to to go. Of course, it's it's important to reflect upon mistakes you've made in the past. Uh, or things you've done well in the past um, and learn and hopefully have an idea or an you know an ambition of where you want to go but don't forget where you are because that part of going anywhere is the journey and so you know you have to live day by day as well can you expand on confucius better world foundation and what it does um so confucius better world foundation was basically a small charity that uh me and my mother decided to set up when I was a teenager. I think I was like 15, maybe. Um, and it was basically to use my role to to help uh, people or, or causes we believed in um, that we believed were under the, the philosophy of Confucius. Um, so most recently, we donated some school equipment and some hospital supplies to uh, a hospital and some schools in Shandong province. Um, which is the province that Chufu uh, is based in. And um, during with COVID, it's been very difficult. We haven't done anything um, recently, uh, but it's, it's something that I definitely hope to, to, to continue working on alongside my, my football uh, coaching career. Hopefully I, I hope when I f- f- uh, finally start uh, working as a football coach Um I really believe one one great thing about football is, um, you know, if you if you work hard enough and you're good enough, there is a quality of opportunity. It doesn't matter what background you're from, um, and it's something that I would love to do to translate that ideal to the to the charity as much as possible. Uh, maybe fund some scholarships, create some scholarships, create quality of opportunity, um, because Confucius believed anyone could learn and anyone could study. It was just down to them if they had the the right mentality to study. Uh, it didn't matter what background. It, it didn't matter at all. And um, I'm a huge fan of that ideal of equality of opportunity. So um, hopefully, hopefully the charity will be able to build and 
set up a few scholarships, maybe something between UK and China. I'd love to love to do that, or maybe you know opportunities in football for young kids from you know backgrounds in China where they're not getting the same exposure. Um, so you know, let's see. Hopefully, the future's bright for Confucius Better World Foundation. What was the main reason you wanted to act in the play? Then they came for me, as stories said in the Holocaust. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so it, it started. I mean, I used to love acting. Um, it was, it, I loved acting, singing. Uh, you know, I used, to, I, I used to. Well, I still do write my own songs, but it's more of a hobby. Um, I love performing. I, I got great joy out of it, and um, you know, the 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 chance to act in that play. The first thing that drew it, you know, me to it was a role in a play uh, that that was uh, being we were going to show it in China, um, and I did it in various different locations across uh, England as well. Um, I think including the Russian embassy at one point. Um, so it was it was it was great to you know act and, and fulfill that role. But um, I quit acting because there were some roles I didn't like playing. Um, because they they didn't really agree with me, and I found it too difficult to become that character. When I played Heinz in, and then they came for me, and I met met Ava, who was Heinz's uh, sister. I had a connection with with him and and with her, and it was it became such an honor to play that role. It became a it really that was the reason why I loved acting to play to bring to life someone real, someone. That, existed and, and to then have that relationship with Ava, uh, Ava Schlosh, um, you know, it was very touching um, because she, she really, we, we really had a connection in terms of, it was her brother and, you know, after the Holocaust, she never saw him again and to be able to make him come back to life in some way, um, that responsibility was um incredibly meaningful to me um and of course ava gave me her her approval for the memory of her brother and that was a beautiful thing for me to do and i'm um really proud i got to to meet her and 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 have that experience um and that time with her as well and with the play of course the the play itself has a very good meaning to stop hate to make sure to call call up on it if you see it don't ever let it get to the same extent that it got to in the past. Um, so it's got a great meaning, but for me, it was definitely it, the thing that drew me to it was the love of acting. The thing that made me act more was the love for the character and, and my love for Ava. It was she's a wonderful woman, so really incredible woman. How has COVID nineteen impacted your life? Ah, oh, COVID nineteen. Oh, how lovely! <laughs> I, I'm I'm lucky enough. Uh, so first of all, I'm lucky enough. I've I've not had any uh, any of my my family or friends so far um, pass away. So in in that aspect, I'm I'm incredibly fortunate so far. Uh, and, I, and you know, I I hope it, it won't it won't ever happen uh, from COVID. Um, and I feel incredibly sad for everyone who who has lost someone during this this time. But I've been lucky enough not to lose anyone. We, me and my family, we've been we've been also again very lucky to be able to be sensible, very sensible during. We we, we I worked from my phone, 
didn't have to go in, into 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 a job um and we stayed at home before even the first lockdown happened because we saw it coming and we we just took every precaution possible my mother is in her 60s um so she was in the at risk group so we wanted to make sure that you know she was as safe as possible um the biggest way it probably affected me is uh i've not been able to go back to china uh at all and and see my family which is um you know, upsetting as well. Uh, I'd love to see my my grandfather uh, there in Beijing uh, and my father as well, uh, who's who's working in Shanghai. Um, so it's difficult in, in that in that aspect. But um, you know, we 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 are managing, and this is the most important thing. It's affected my work a fair amount as well, but. Uh, you know that's not important the most important thing is health first um of course there's the stress stress that can be caused for uh, for a lot of people where your when your work is affected but um as long as you have your health you have hope and um you can you can you can turn things around you just got to keep keep working for it so um i mean again i've been lucky enough to be able to work from my home from my phone and work from my home uh, and now, you know, I've been studying and hopefully I'll do these courses sh- shortly. Um, but for anyone out there who might be struggling, just if I understand the, the stress of the, the pressure on, on work, because I've experienced it myself. But, you know, I just want to say, just keep as long as you have your health, be thankful because you've always got a hope when you have health for sure. I agree. You've stated the revival of China's love affair with the ideas of Confucius. How are you treated in China and what is the difference living in the UK? The idea that China's uh, love affair with Confucius has, has uh, started up again. Um, how I'm treated in China and the UK. In the UK, I... <laughs> in the UK, it's funny. So most people won't you know no one will know who i am walking down the street well when i say who i am no one will know my my heritage walking down the street most people don't even know i'm chinese because apparently i look a bit italian or turkish or something so um you know it's 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 funny no one will really know unless they they see me in a documentary they read an article about it or you know they see me at an event um my heritage so so in the uk i'm I'm just me and that's great. I love that. I love being able to to people to know me for me and people to like or hate me for me uh rather than already have a judgment um of who I am based off of my heritage. Um and in China oddly enough most people don't believe it. <laughs> they don't um they don't they they don't they find it impossible to to believe that you know, the 79 generations of Sentinel Confucius, uh, my grandfather, the head of the family in mainland China, uh, that he's not fully Chinese. It's just beyond the wildest dreams. It's, uh, you know, China's a country that's only opened up recently. And they they used to take photos of my mother, not because of her being married to my father, but because she had blonde hair. Um, so it's, I think it's, it's very interesting because I I can definitely see a difference to when it clicks in people that they know who I am um, and before. Um, 
and you know it's it's fine i'm you know i'm happy if you know who i am and i'm very grateful if you treat me with respect i will do the same or do my best to do the same and i hope that i i do do that um but yeah i do i find it very odd there was a ceremony and we went back to a hotel and there was an an old man maybe 70 who held a door open for me and i just went that's not right i mean this was a while ago but I just went, no, that's not right. That's, you know, it's unconfusion. I should be holding the door open for him. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's sometimes the way it is. And, um, yeah, I find it very odd. I, I like being able to have a bit of incognito um, when, when I'm around the place because I want people to know me for me first before they, they make a judgment of who I am based off of my heritage. Um, so this is why I love doing things like this. <laughs> Hopefully people will, will get to know me and my, my thoughts rather than um, agreeing with me uh, purely based off of who I am. Mm. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>